Welcome to the Finally Marketing Networks podcast. We all know marketing is a very vast array of things and services. You will see kind of the evolution of marketing. We're going to interview guests from all walks of life. Stay tuned and enjoy the Finally Marketing Networks podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the first edition of the Finally Marketing Networks podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Slater. You guys are tuning in for a good one for our first pilot episode. We're going to be talking to Tamara out of Colorado. She's an amazing person, a great businesswoman, as you will see from the podcast, and we have a blast. We talk a lot of different things marketing, and I'm sure you'll be able to take a few nuggets away from this one. Just to give you a kind of an idea of what this podcast will be about as you tune into more episodes, I really want to show you guys what marketing is all about. It's not just a business card or brochure or a TV commercial. There are so many pieces of marketing and everybody has a different opinion and a different maybe outlook and idea on what marketing is to them. And I want you to see from different industries, different people, different areas of the country or even parts of the world that it can be different based on where you are and what you're doing, as you'll see from a lot of the guests that we'll have on this podcast. So tune in, enjoy, and I hope you learn something and are able to take something away every single week that you can use to grow your business. So enjoy and tune in as we interview Tamara here in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the Finally Marketing Networks podcast. I'm here with another new friend of mine, Tamara, who's over in Denver, Colorado, mile high. Uh, Tamara, how are you doing today? I'm great, Mitchell. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm in Alaska at the moment at my parents' <laughs> house. As you can tell by this backdrop, I'm uh, sitting on the couch filming in not my office at the moment, but life is good. How's life over there in Denver? You know what? It is. I, I can't complain. It's not too bad. It's summer. We're out exploring. Work is good. So, you know what? It's all good. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I would love to just jump right in. I'd love you to introduce yourself, tell people a little bit about kind of your history and just marketing and advertising and what you're up to. I don't want to spoil any uh, other things that we kind of talked about beforehand, but I'll let you kind of just take it away. Sure. So I'll give you the high level and then I'll give you kind of dig into some kind of points that may be relevant for our conversation. So I'm the president of Launch Street. We're an innovation consultancy. We work with companies ranging from Red Robin, Disney, General Mills, um, gosh, Rico, U.S. Army. We help them foster innovative ideas and people. I'm the creator of the Innovation Quotient Edge Assessment. So it's the only research-based proprietary to tool that tells you your style of innovation. So you as a human, how you actually innovate, how those structures in your brain work so that you can dial that up and be more innovative. Um, I recently released a book called Innovation is Everybody's Business. As you can tell, we're all about innovation for everybody over here, for the rest of us who aren't on the cover of magazines with hoodies and cool glasses. Um, and what else? Oh, and I run this program that I absolutely love. In fact, I just got off a call with them. It is a masterclass and then academy for everyday innovators. So people who are looking to leverage innovation in their work and life. So that's me. And then I think the only other things I'd add that uh, are kind of in the Reader's Digest version of it is I used to be in advertising in New York City. Uh, and then I kind of loved advertising, but wanted a bigger piece of the pie. So went to brand strategy and innovation. So if you've pushed your cart down the aisles of Target, you've probably pushed it past products and brands that I have helped bring to market or rebrand or bring kind of new SKUs to the marketplace. And yeah, and I think after years of launching new products, I finally said, you know what? I can give people ideas or I can show them how to have their own ideas. And really, when I think about it, that's the business I'm in today. Man, well, obviously, big words stood out to me in that little piece. The word Disney, because I'm a huge Disney <laughs> fan, of course. And I then uh, 
Target would be the one my wife would just freak out at. She that's like her. She calls it her happy place. So she could go there and walk down the aisles and uh, be content for a long time. So you've helped some of these huge, huge brands um, that obviously you mentioned are at, are at Target with their marketing. Would this, would that come down to helping them with uh, TV commercials, their boxes that the product is in, their logos? What kind of does that break down to that you help them with? Yeah, so all of the above, depending on the client. But here's what I'd say. A lot of the times, so the reason, let me talk a little bit about why they picked up the phone and called us, because I think that would probably explain what we did for them. Um, oftentimes, clients would call us because a competitor is coming to the marketplace and their brand is losing share. So maybe their customers like them, but they're not loyal to them and they're heading other places. So something about them is falling behind and people are looking for other options. Or, you know, there's new competitors in the market space. It's suddenly gotten cluttered and they're trying to figure out what to do. Or they've got clients or customers that absolutely love them, but they've got one product and customers are going, well, I've used that product. I kind of need something else to be on the market too, or to be in my home too. So it was kind of a range of things. So we did everything from, gosh, from repackaging and saying, okay, because, you know, marketing, as you know, it's advertising, but it's also on the shelf when someone walks their cart down. It is also kind of the design. It's also the packaging inside the product. It's how you connect with your customers. So we would look at the overall the overall brand or business. We decide where the gaps were, and then that would dictate whether we did packaging, product flavor, um, advertising. So they, we didn't start there. We started with what problem do we need to solve for you to get stronger in the marketplace? Man, oh, so I love it. When I were launching and filmed the first podcast, yeah. I mentioned in that one saying, you know, a lot of people think marketing is just, you know, a social media post yeah. and, you know, but there's so many pieces of marketing. That I don't think people realize, like, just like you said, rebranding, making the box a little different, maybe changing the color choice. You know, I, I love, I don't really know much about this part because we don't, at Slater Strategies, we don't do like package design or anything like that. And I'll do logos here and there, but really it needs to go to another company, I think, to do that full circle like design st style because there's a reason why McDonald's picked red and yellow. And I know there's oh, a right. reason why companies picked certain colors because they, they give you a certain feeling that none of us regular consumers really know why, but it's right. happening psychologically. But we're drawn to it. <laughs> and it blows my mind that that's all happening with, and they, there's a reason. And I just, yeah. I don't know, it makes me, uh, I don't know. I love it. I actually love that part. No, I know, right? I mean, I could probably like you, you and I should never go to the grocery store to Target together because we would probably spend all our time looking at the packaging and why they put things where they put things and even the signs above the packaging, all of it matters. I, I was talking to someone the other day about marketing and I said, let me ask you a question. What pants is that girl wearing over there? So she, we're in a cafe and he's like, oh, those are Lululemon. My wife loves those. And I was like, right. And then he said something, no joke to the effect of, oh, I should buy her some because like, you know, she's celebrating something. And I just thought, right, that's marketing. That little logo that you see on those pants, that's placed there for a reason. So, and it works for them because I see those pants across the street and I go, oh, those are Lululemon. I know them, I can identify them. And now I want them. And you think about these companies, the ones that have done really good with marketing, that the ones that quickly stand out to me when I talk about clothing is like Under Armour and Nike. Yeah. And everybody's like, I want to wear that logo, that brand on my shirt. And we're paying $50 for a sweatshirt or $75 for a sweatshirt. Like, man, like usually they want to give those away to help spread their word. But we're actually paying no. uh -uh, no. for it. Uh, yeah. 
can I add something on Mitchell? Because you said some the brands that you mentioned, I think actually highlight something else in marketing that is extremely important, but not talked about as much. I think as you kind of alluded to, we often get stuck in the tactics of marketing. I need a logo. I need a website. I need copy, right? I need social media. I think the brands like Under Armour is a great example of that, that do it differently are the ones that win in the marketplace. So mm -hmm. if we if we think of, if we all thought about the brands that we love, the businesses that we spend our money on, they're the ones that do it differently from everybody else. So, you know, I think Under Armour is a great example of that. They didn't do the traditional marketing out of the gate. They gave it to college students and that kind of went from there. So Nike's never done it the same as everybody else. And I think with marketing, we have to be very careful not to add to the noise. And I know that sounds very cliche, but it's if you start to do your marketing like everybody else in your industry, it's a lot harder to stand out and to connect with your customers. And like, let me ask you, Mitch, like what's your favorite brand of all brands? Like the one that really speaks to you for whatever reason. It doesn't have to be one any of us know, by the way. So I would always stand out with Chick-fil-A, but I know it's not clothing, but it's the, yeah, Chick. I love Chick-fil-A. Who doesn't love Chick-fil-A? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my 16 year old son just got a job there. I could not be more excited. <laughs> like every week I want you to bring home Chick-fil-A. Right. So there, that's a great example. Wouldn't you say when you think about the way they deliver their product from your first moment to them to the final moment, everything is thought through. Everything is different. Their whole summer of chicken campaign that they've been doing for years is so different than all the other fast food restaurant marketing out there. So I love that you brought them up. I think that's a great example of really innovative marketing that dares to be different in a meaningful way. Yeah, I always will mention Chick-fil-A for, for marketing examples because you walk inside, you know, those that haven't been to Chick-fil-A, you walk inside and there's fresh flowers on every table inside the restaurant. That yeah. like, And it's not like a huge bouquet, but there's fresh flowers on That's the it. side. It's fast food. Yeah. And then the drive-through typically is the fastest drive-through you've ever been in. That's it's so unbelievable. And you go, it'll be out to the road and you'll still be through in 10, maybe oh. 10 minutes or something. And everybody's nice. I'll tell you my he'll probably kill me to hear me talking about he's in his room. So hopefully he can't hear me. My, you know, like you, I'm in my home office as well. After COVID we're all in our home offices. Yeah. But, um, they gave him a ton of swag and he's just in training. So he's got this really nice water bottle. He's got this backpack and he wears those things with pride. And so we went to the swimming pool the other day and his friends were asking him about his backpack and guess what they asked their mom for dinner that night. <laughs> so marketing comes in a lot of, to me, I think of it this way. I think of it like a thumbprint. It's unique. If you can figure out your thumbprint for marketing, you can then translate that across everything that you do, every touch point with your customer. Um, we've had clients that we've worked that exercise through and it's really powerful because you first got to understand how do you, what, what voice do you want in the marketplace that's unique to you? Once you figure that out, it becomes easy to say, what do our invoices look like? What does our voicemail look like? How do our email, what's the signature on our emails? What's our kind of advertising, social media? It becomes easier to figure those things out and it, it makes everything marketing at the end of the day. I mean, I know it's like very general, but to your point, it's not just a logo and social media. Yeah, and, and to go even one step further with Chick-fil-A and how I think that yeah. they really stand out is you know, one, one, they're closed on Sundays and they will not ever change from that. They were, they just are very like, that's what we are. And they're still so busy and make a ton of money. But so that's the one yeah. thing to stand out with. The other one is if you look at their menu, I would compare it to like a burger alternative to be like in and out burger. If you've, uh, if you've seen yep. it, been in and out is it's so simple. You look at it, it's 
You want fried chicken, grilled chicken? Do you want sandwich form or nugget form? And it's kind of it. You don't have a ton of options. A couple, three shakes or so to choose from. In and out. It's you want one patty, two patty, or three patty, and then you just pick your toppings. Like there's no chicken on the menu. It's so I love the places that keep it simple because I'm the guy who when I go to like the Cheesecake Factory, for instance, and they hand me the Bible and I look at it and I'm looking through this this you know 20 page menu. I get so overwhelmed. I don't know what to pick. I get I get. I get uh, what I like to call, and I think this is a very common thing, which I'd love you to comment on, is I think people get a thing called choice paralysis, where they get so many options, they end up not picking anything. They just like, and I think I see a lot of marketing companies, I think, struggle with that. They offer, so a client might want a radio ad. Oh, yeah, yeah, we can do radio ads, and they try and dabble in all these things. And so you offer all this, and clients go, I don't even know what to pick anymore. You offer too many things. What What do you kind of think about that? Uh, two things. So first of all, there was a really interesting study done uh, where, so it was in a grocery store with jam options, and they first put out just a whole table of jam options, all the flavors you could possibly imagine. And what they found is that people were paralyzed and didn't pick anything. So you would think, oh, we'll probably have a flavor that'll speak to the customer. So whoever you are, we've got the flavor you want. Turns out people did not pick up the jam. When they went down to three flavors, people picked up the jam they became decisive. So I think that study, while it's about jam, actually says it all. And too much choice is a is a bad thing. I also think it minimizes what you're known for with your customer. So, you know, at Launch Street, we are known for people innovation, right? People first innovation about all about how you as a human innovate and then we solve problems from there. And we have we make sure to stay within that lane. I think it's really important to have minimal options. So I, I'm with you on that. It's you don't want to be the 20 jams on the table because people will just walk away. You think you're serving everybody, but you're serving no one. Yeah. And so for your company, then when people come in, is this a, a thing they hire you guys kind of for like a year contract to figure it out? Or is it like a one time you come in with your team and meet with the board and you guys train them and leave? I mean, how does it kind of what's the what's it look like? Yeah, so we have three ways. No more, because the JAMA study told us no more. Um, So the first way is what we call an innovation JAM session. And that can be 60, 90 minutes, half day, full day. Like It's the short version, though. So Mitchell, you'd call me and you'd say, hey, we've got a strategic retreat, or we've got a problem we need to solve, or you know, we feel like we've got some opportunities we're not unearthing. I had a call yesterday with a client uh, who was in the staffing business who said, we have a strategic plan, but we know we're not being innovative. We know we've got to go push the boundaries. We've got our core, but we got to push the boundaries. So that's kind of way one is the jam session. And then think of that as like as a deep dive workshop done in kind of our style and our approach. Okay. The sec- yep. The second way um, is our ongoing academy. So we've got this academy. People start in a master class because you got to get the foundation. And then they go into a year long academy, which is all about uh, the support and the tools to keep innovating. And we do these really cool monthly things where people get together and we train them in the exercises and they get to practice in the session so that there's kind of that safe place to like try the innovation exercises. And then the third way is, um, I probably didn't go in order now that I'm saying this, this is the, <laughs> this should have been first, is people will purchase the IQE in bulk and oftentimes or individually, and we don't actually work with them directly, but we just had a team at General Mills purchase a whole bunch of them for their team. They're going to do their own thing with it, but they use our tools. Very cool. That's why I should have said that one first, totally out of order. Should have been I love you have three. Academy. <laughs> I love it. And so, yeah, speaking of what we just talked about, there's three things. So I yeah. love that you, you held true to that. And 
Um, I'm sure in your your years of marketing and even with your company, you've seen you've had some flops in marketing. You've had some crazy, awesome, good successes. So I'd love to hear if you can share, you know, a couple of the if you have a couple of bad ones, a couple of good ones, what's worked and what hasn't. I'd love to hear those. Yeah, I'll start with the bad. I have so many failure stories. We would have to like <laughs> it would be a whole novel. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll share a couple more recent ones. Uh, so I'd say the first one is, uh, this was a couple, two years ago now, I signed up with a digital marketing company and I love digital marketing. So don't get me wrong. There's a lot of value to it, but I got pulled into this idea that, you know, to be super crafty and build these complicated funnels and, you know, do all this super complicated marketing online and spend all this money. And I did it and I wasted easily five figures to get zero results zero. Here's why I think it went wrong though, because like I said, I'm not opposed to online SEO, digital marketing. I think it's all very powerful actually, especially now that we're living so virtually, but here's where I think I went wrong. I was, we were marketing to the thousand people versus the one person. Mm. And I think, especially if you're a newer company or starting out or, or just if you're not Coca-Cola, I think you got to think about what's the personal connection of the per of the person on the other side. What do you want them, that person, to take away? We, I think, generalized our marketing. We tried to get super clever with our marketing. Um, and the thing that I found with it is, so I think it's important to capture attention, really important to capture attention. I think it's important to be engaging, but I think we can be too clever for our own sake. And we spoke to no one. <laughs> because of it and we experimented and we tried stuff and we changed stuff it's not that we didn't do any of that but it was just too clever it was too clever and i was trying to reach a thousand people at once versus just dialing it back and saying who's my ideal customer what's their avatar and what would i say to that person yeah. and to me that was the biggest mistake we made so i and i gotta chime in real quick yeah. for everybody listening she didn't hire slater strategies to do her marketing <laughs> no. that. It was not us that she that, that flopped with her just make sure everybody knows and uh when you mentioned that, one of the guys I really love to follow, Donald Miller, if you've oh, ever yeah. heard of him before. Story, yeah. story don't be cute yeah. and clever. Yeah, don't be cute and clever, be clear. And I'm like, yeah. when you just said that, I was like, 100%. So That's keep exactly. going. That's so I, I made two mistakes. I was cute and clever. That didn't work. And I was trying to speak to a million, like I was trying to throw it all into one kind of hodgepodge of a thing versus just really saying, all right, first of all, I don't need a thousand people. I need a hundred. So yeah what am I saying kind of more on a personal level? So, so that's my failure. I think you'd asked about successes too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is a little bit of a different one. I mean, we've had some campaigns online and marketing stuff like that that's been successful, but I'd say the number one thing that's driven our marketing um, and also then turned into paid is our assessment, the IQE. So when we develop the assessment, so it is still the only proprietary tool out there that tells you your innovator style that isn't like a silly, like, not a silly quiz, but just a quiz. Like this is the real stuff, right? Yep. But, and we developed it because we wanted kind of you and everybody else to understand how they innovate in a very tangible and real way. Because I think innovation is one of those things that, you know, it's for the select few, it's for those people on the cover of Fast Company Magazine, but it really is for all of us. We just have to understand how we do it. So that's why we developed it. But what we found is that every time someone was interested in us, checking us out in our community in any way, we would offer them up the IQE to get a taste of us before actually buying from us. And that has been the best marketing we could have ever done. We're not, it's not paying for ads, which again, I'm not opposed to, but that's money. 
It's not, you know, kind of doing these clever campaigns. It's just, we have this tool, but we have the ability for one person here and one person there to experience it as an appetizer. And that appetizer almost always turns into a five course meal. So if I were to give people advice about marketing, I'd say one of them is find a way for people to experience what you do in that small way so that they want more. Man, that love that. And I'm a sucker for those because you think about all these try, sign up for the seven day free trial of this software, which I'm glad yes. they do because I don't want to just buy a software and go, mm, this is not for me. And we did that right. with my team. We did that with Slack last year. We are now fully, fully paid yeah. for, for the whole team on Slack. We just did it with uh, ClickUp, our, our CRM for um, or, um, project management software. We paid for ClickUp for like all these stuff, but we all tried them on the trial basis. So I 100% yeah. agree with that because that's how I buy. I want to yeah. give me, let me try you it first. Try it. Can I give you one other example? It just came to me as you were talking really? this is from back in the day. So I used to have this business called the Shuk and Shuk is Hebrew for like a marketplace. It's almost like a farmer's market in Israel. That's why I named it that. And basically entrepreneurs would pay to have their products on the site and we would sell them and we'd get feedback. So it was kind of like research, but for small businesses. Cause you know, I came from the world where General Mills and P&G and all these amazing guys had the opportunity to get feedback that, you know, little guys don't get aside from mom and dad and they can't give us the best feedback all the time. Love you mom and dad, but not always. You're like, you're too nice. Sure. So it was the holidays and everybody was doing these pre-sales and pre-sales and pre-sales. And I kind of missed the boat on it. I was busy with a bunch of stuff and just didn't get on the bandwagon. And it might have been the best thing ever because then we launched this campaign that was like, oh my gosh, Mitchell brought you a present to the holiday party and you forgot him. No worries. If you order this week, we'll ship it out within five hours, which we could do because we were small and nimble and had a little, you know, warehouse by us. But we'd be, we, this whole campaign was like the opposite of everybody else. Everybody else is like, be thoughtful, right? Think about your person, get them a gift. And our whole campaign was, no worry, we got your back. You forgot somebody, we'll send it out immediately. And we'll even put a note, sorry for the delayed shipping. So we're like, wow. <laughs> it was the best campaign ever. And it led to a lot of sales because it was just different. And people are in that moment, right? Like we've all had that moment where someone's giving you a gift and then you're going, oh wait, <laughs> I didn't give you one back. <laughs> and you spoke to the pain points that people yeah. have. And that's a thing exactly what companies need yeah. to do is actually what is the problem that you're solving for them yeah. that they're having right now? Yeah. So we chose a different problem than everybody else. Everybody else was ahead, be ahead, be ahead. And ours was, oh, you're already behind. No problem. We'll even take the blame. Man. I, yeah. No, I love that. Good. See, it's, well, she knows what she's talking about, everybody, as you can tell <laughs> for sure. So if, if you were to give, and you could be one, two, or three, but if you were to give like a takeaway for somebody listening today, obviously we mentioned a lot of, we went all the way from Chick-fil-A to Target, yeah. all these little pick three things. Like, What would be that takeaway you would give somebody? If, it could be anywhere from one to three of them, as we all talked about already, yeah. but that somebody could take from today. So I'm gonna give you one big one that I think translates to a lot of things, which is different beats better every time. So if you're, mar if you're thinking about your marketing, your whole business, because I think marketing is one of those things that's so integral to everything, it's actually, it shouldn't be an offshoot in my opinion. But if you, and it goes back to our conversation about the businesses and brands that you love, different always beats better. Better is just gonna to add to the noise. Better is gonna keep you in a hamster wheel with your competition because they're just gonna outbetter you tomorrow. So they're going to market fast, you're going to market faster, and they're going to market faster than faster. So don't do that. Find that point of difference and leverage that. Man, it sounds like you've read The Purple Cow before from Seth Godin, or at least you've Oh my gosh, years ago. Yeah. Okay. Great book. Yeah. 
the if anybody has, hasn't read that one that's listening read that one if the premise is if you're driving down the road and you see a black and white cow you're gonna be like okay it's a cow but if you saw a purple cow you'd stop the car pull over take pictures share it with friends and in, and he's talking about if you want to be successful in business have your business be the purple cow where it's different than all the other yeah. ones don't just blend in with all the other ones that look exactly the same as yeah. you and which um, is it's easy to do, right? Because we look at our competitors and we go, well, it works for them in the industry. Yeah. This is how, in our category. This is how we do it. Um, you know how, what I equate it to? This is my, for me, the reminder every time I go grocery shopping, the cereal aisle. Have you ever seen more products on an aisle? Like I can't even focus when I go down that aisle. That is your customer's experience. Every time they look at you and anybody else in your category, it's the cereal aisle. And every time, and even if you think you have no competitors, you do. We all do. And if nothing else, inertia is our biggest competitor. So think of the cereal aisle because you know what I do now? I avoid the cereal aisle because I cannot, I can't make a decision when I go down. It's too many, there are too many choices. I, I'm with you on that one completely. And I know you and I could talk forever about marketing, but we'll just make me make another podcast uh, and do another one later on. So, uh, Tamara, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing just some of your insights and your expertise as before you sign off is What's the best way somebody can get in contact with you if they're looking to, to hire you? Yeah, so our website is go to launchstreet.com, G-O-T-O, launchstreet, all one word. That's kind of the hub of everything for us. So you can find us there. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Enjoy the summer in Denver and hopefully you stay warm this winter coming. Enjoy Alaska. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I will. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Well, there you have it, folks. The first episode of the Finally Marketing That Works podcast. We hope you had fun and we hope you were able to take at least one thing from today's episode and can use it to apply it to your life or your business to help it grow and be more successful. Please tune in every week as we interview more people from all over the state, country, and the world to learn about what they're doing for marketing and what's working and what's not and what we can do to be more successful. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time.